Coming up on this edition of the Gwinnett Daily Post Football Friday podcast, region titles are on the line in our games of the week, who needs a win to stay in playoff contention, plus our NFL spotlight is on a former Wolf doing big things in Beantown. Coming up right after this. Why buy at Kia Mall of Georgia? We provide award-winning customer satisfaction and have been a family-owned business for over 20 years. Buying or leasing with us is fast and easy, and you can get pre-approved online in four easy steps. We offer top dollar on trade-ins and have new vehicle specials that are updated every month. Our factory-trained technicians make servicing your vehicle convenient with extended service hours. Stop by and shop with us on the lot or visit us online at lovemykia.com. It's Friday, November 20th, 2020. Welcome to the Gwinnett Daily Post Football Friday podcast, brought to you by Kia Mall of Georgia. I'm your host, Marcel Pertut, and joined by Gwinnett Daily Post sports editor, Will Hammock. How are you doing today, Will? I'm doing well. How about you? Good. Let's get started. Today's top story is brought to you by Peggy Slappy Properties. The Gwinnett Football League held its championship games at Mill Creek High School this past weekend. Will? What are your thoughts on the overall season and the big winners? Uh, I think it was kind of a unique season uh, in the Gwinnett uh, Football League, like it was in a lot of youth sports, uh, even the uh, the leagues that my daughter plays in for soccer. Uh, the numbers are way down, uh, and that, that was the kind of the case in the league. The football numbers were down, people opting out because of COVID reasons. Uh, so the numbers were a little down, but still a lot of talented kids in the football league, and a lot of kids did come out and play. So it was good to see them be able to, to get that season in. It's good for the kids to have that activity and uh, as far as football goes it was a very very impressive weekend a lot, a lot of good football played uh, uh, several things stood out to me I think uh, number one the uh, Buford sweep of the eighth grade titles Buford uh, not, not many teams were able to field I think Buford and Mill Creek were the only two organizations to field two eighth grade teams because uh, because numbers were down so much so uh, but Buford was able to field two and they they won the eighth grade division one and the eighth grade division two it's a great way for Ken Burge to go out. He's kind of a, a middle school football coaching legend up there in Buford. He kind of he's led the middle, the middle school teams for the Wolves for a long time, and he's coached a lot of Gwinnett football league all star teams to national championships as well. He does a, he's very involved with that that program for the FBU national championships over the years. So great way for Ken to go out with a couple of championships, and I think also uh, the Grayson youth teams. Uh, good showing by Grayson. They had they had teams in the the championship game in the five youngest uh, age groups. So a good good showing for uh, for Grayson and also kind of an, a Duluth program that, that did well. Duluth had a, a finalist in the 11- and 12-year-old divisions and, and won the 12-year-old championship. So great showing for Duluth, and the high school team's doing really well too. So bright future for the Wildcats. All right, well, let's start off with our games of the week for the region titles. We'll begin with Archer and Norcross in Class 7A Region 7. Both these teams are undefeated in the region, and the Blue Devils are undefeated overall. We've had this game highlighted for weeks on our schedule, and it's finally here. Yeah, it's a, it's a game that, like, like we've been talking about all season, that we, we thought would decide the region championship, and uh, now we're to this point. But these teams uh, are excited to be at this point uh, playing for a region championship. It's an interesting matchup to me because uh, two of the coaches that, that have been in Gwinnett the longest, uh, Andy Dyer, who started the Archer program, and then uh, Keith Maloof, who's been at Norcross longer than, than any coach has been at a school in Gwinnett. So both these guys have been around Gwinnett a long time. They've had some pretty good matchups, uh, both in the regular season and in the playoffs in the past. It seems like they've been uh, regularly matched up in the state playoffs. So now they're in the same region and, and playing for the championship. I know the kids on both sides are excited to, to have that going. Uh, in the last week of the season, you always want something to play for. And uh, 
this is a huge prize here at the end of the season. Yeah, Archer comes into the contest off a big win over Duluth, 43-8. to Your defensive player of the week came from the Tigers team. Uh, elaborate on his performance and the victory for Archer. Yeah, Archer seems to be big time on the on the takeaways on the defensive side of the ball. That's, that's been big for him all season, uh, producing points, producing turnovers, and uh, Andrew Spearman kind of turned the tide and the, the win over Duluth. That was important for, for Archer to get into this game. Uh, with an interception for a touchdown and uh, just a great effort all along. But that's a pretty powerful uh, Duluth offense. But uh, I've been impressed with the uh, the Archer defense. They've kind of grown up and gotten better as the season's gotten going. So be interesting to see how they stack up against uh, a pretty talented Norcross offense this week. Yeah, Norcross had a bye this past week, but they're undefeated overall. One of the only handful of teams in Class 7A undefeated. Uh, so they are coming into that contest with a lot of confidence. The other game of the week that we have is Buford and Decula, another new region contest. Both these teams are undefeated, and once again, the region title is on the line. We'll start with uh, Buford. They're able to defeat Winderbarrow a uh, 45-7, and once again, the Wolves continue the roll through the season. Yeah, Buford stumbled in that first game, but really haven't been tested since then, kind of rolled through all their opponents uh... To this point, had a tough game in the first half against Lanier, but but pulled away late in that one, and uh, really really been rolling through the opposition. And uh, Buford used to win in region championships, and uh, last year they got upset by Clark Central in the last game. I know that's that's a game that kind of lives fresh in their minds. Uh, they don't want that to happen again in Game Ten. They want to take care of business and, and win the region championship, uh, get a one seed to get as many home games as they can uh, in the state playoffs when they start to defend that state championship. So uh, that's going to be big for them and. Uh, it's going to be a tough test against Decula. Decula is a team that's been up in that classification and made the Final Four the last two years. So probably going to be the toughest test to date for the Wolves. Yeah, Decula, they had a close contest against Central Net, a 20-16 to victory uh, last week. We've talked about that backfield so much throughout the year. Kyle Lefford had a, a very big night and, and on both sides of the ball, uh, 244 rushing yards, two TDs, also seven tackles, a sack of interception. I mean, the man did it all uh, to help Decula get that win. Yeah, just an unbelievable game by, by Kyle Eford. He kind of carried the load for Decula there on both sides of the ball. It got, got him a little bit of rest late in the game when they were relying on so much on offense. Got him a little defensive rest. But just uh, running the ball with him kind of changed the tone in that game. Uh, it looked like Central Gwinnett was going to pull a major upset. Probably would have been the upset of the season uh, in Gwinnett football. Just uh, I think a lot of people were kind of wowed by that score when they saw it. But uh, Decula was a little shorthanded, didn't play very well. Um, and really, uh, Central Gwinnett did play well. And, Put it really, really scaring to uh, Tequila, which would have taken a lot of luster off this last week's uh, game. But Tequila find a way to win, which I know the coaches were proud about. And, uh, and still missing Caleb Edwards from the lineup there at Tequila. So that, that's a big impact on what they do on both sides of the ball. Uh, Caleb's kind of sounds like 50-50 whether he's going to be able to come back for this game at Buford. So we're hoping he heals up well and is able to get out there and, and do what he does normally. Yeah, I was about to ask his availability. You just gave it to us. Let's stay in that region and because uh, we have some local teams in there. Uh, we have Shiloh and uh, Haversham Central. Uh, the uh, Shiloh team was able to defeat the Lanier, Lanier uh, 20 to 7 last week. So uh, another contest, and Lanier faces Winder Barrow. We'll kind of group those together. These are teams that are still trying to find their way into that postseason picture. Yeah, Shiloh, Shiloh's big win last last week got it, kind of got them back into the playoff uh, mix. Uh, I think if Lanier would have won that, it would have uh, locked it up for Lanier, and, and Shiloh would have been out. But going into the last week, there's a handful of teams that are that are fighting there for. Uh, trying to get into the postseason, and uh, it would be good to see any of those, either of those Gwinnett teams uh, into the playoffs. Uh, it's, uh, but those t- teams have worked hard in, in this short season, and both have done some good things and, and dealt with their share of adversity as well. 
Um, I know Lanier's uh, got hit by the COVID uh, uh, contact tracing here and missing some kids late in the season. It kind of cost cost them in their season. So uh, hopefully they can get on the right track and get a win and as, as well as Shiloh there at the end of the season. Yeah, those both both those teams are right in the thick of it. Uh, we'll swing back around the Class 7A Region 7. I think a playoff eliminator game, in essence, is Discovery versus Meadow Creek. Uh, Discovery did have a big night against Dunwoody last week, 21 to nothing. Meadow Creek was off. Uh, but it, the loser of this contest probably will find themselves in a very tough spot to get into the postseason. Yeah, and talking with the coaches this week, uh, actually, I, I think Meta Creek is is in either way. Uh, okay. So I think I think Meta Creek's in a good spot. They're, Meta Creek's essentially playing for the third seed, which is right, right. Uh, obviously in Meta Creek's history, that's never been done. So even being a third seed uh, for the Mustangs would be would be huge for that program, and, and that's what Coach Carrera is talking about this week. Uh, for Discovery, never been to the playoffs, so to get to get a win here. Uh, Basically, Discovery has to win, and and due to tiebreakers, they have to more than likely going to have to win by more than seven points mm. uh, to get into the postseason. So, but th- that's definitely doable. I mean, obviously, that's not a not a huge margin. So, uh, there's a lot to play for there at Discovery, and that's uh, like you said, playing playing for something in the tenth game is big, and uh, and something that's never been done before at Discovery. There's never been playoff implications on the line in the regular season finale. So, it's exciting for that program, and, and certainly exciting for Meadow Creek to try and get their way back to the playoffs. Yeah, another team that we've talked about before trying to find their way into the postseason is Duluth. They faced Dunwoody this week. They had that loss last week to Archer, as we mentioned earlier. But a win against Dunwoody, how would that help the picture? I guess I should have had my standings, but if a, would a Duluth win help in any way, or what was that impact, the standings? Yeah, Duluth has the win. They have to get at the win to get in the postseason, mm-hmm. and that uh, against against Dunwoody, that shouldn't be a problem. Uh, there's a tiebreaker involved. Yeah, if uh, if Meta Creek wins, I think uh, I think Duluth is in for sure, uh, more than likely. Uh, so it, it's going to come down to tiebreakers and how many points uh, win. But all Duluth can do is control their own business and uh, and win that game, and and then just kind of see what happens with the Meta Creek Discovery game and how that impacts their their playoff hopes. But uh, Duluth uh, with a win, which I think they'll get, will be their first winning season since 1995. So mm-hmm. that alone is going to be pretty substantial. And if they do find a way to get into the postseason, that'll be the first playoff berth since 1994. So just uh, a couple of great great accomplishments there for Duluth. They've certainly done a lot this season. Uh, Got to be impressed with what Coach Jones and his staff has built have built over there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, none of those guys were born on the team when they last made the playoffs. Yeah, right. I mean, that's an amazing statistic there. Uh, but two teams that are used to being in the postseason and making long runs, uh, we're moving on to Class 7A Region 4, Brookwood versus Parkview. In essence, for second place in the region, which, as we mentioned with Greater Atlanta Christian last week, and we'll get to GAC later, some changes in their standings. If you're the second place team in the region, you get to host that first game. But based on maybe some upsets and some way things work out, you can be a home team all the way through the playoffs. So how big is this game uh, for Brookwood and Parkview to get that second place mark in the standings? Yeah, it's very important. I mean, you, if you, if you uh, drop down, you're you're facing a uh, because how the regions are now, you're facing a long South Georgia road trip in the first round if you're a three seed instead of a two seed. So that's that's a big deal to have a, have somebody come up to you for that first round game. Uh, make that long road trip. Whereas if you lose this game, you're going to be the one making a long trip to South Georgia, uh, more than likely playing playing Lowndes down there in uh, in South Georgia. So that's that's going to be a brutal first round matchup for the loser. Uh, it's going to be one of the best ones in the state, I would think, with how how talented uh, the loser of this game will be. Uh, but a lot on the line, uh, a lot lot to play for. I know Brooklyn's been pretty banged up. They're hoping to uh, to get some kids back uh, and 
the one of their coach in a, in a weird weird thing. Uh, their coach is in quarantine. Uh, Philip Jones at Brookwood. He, uh, oh my goodness! He missed last week's he missed last week's game. His daughter got exposed to COVID, and he uh, so he had to watch last week's game on a Zoom call. And, uh, and he'll do the same this week against Brookwood Parkview. Uh, for Brookwood Parkview, he'll be in the uh, talking to a coach in the booth on a uh, on a Zoom call, and can't really give uh, too much. Uh, too much input on a live basis, but he said he can uh, after plays and uh, in between quarters and halftime he can discuss some things and, uh, and give his input. But I know it's frustrating not to be there uh, in person on Friday night, especially when it's a, a big rivalry game. And, uh, and this game means a lot to Philip Jones because he, he played at Brookwood as well, so mm-hmm. he played in this Brookwood Parkway matchup. So it's frustrating for him not to be down on the sidelines, but uh, uh, he's got he's got guys that are that are capable play callers there, and uh, he'll uh, hopefully be back soon uh, when Brookwood gets going in the playoffs. Wow, so he is allowed to actually – so obviously he can watch the game like many of the, our listeners do, I'm sure, through online capabilities, but he's actually able to communicate with the coaches. So GHSA is, uh, condones that and allows him to phone or chat or whatever form of communication with the coaches? Yeah, I think so, as long as it's not some, some sort of suspension. I imagine if he was suspended, it would be a, it would be a rules violation. But since, yeah. it's a, since it's a sickness and a COVID deal, I, I think it's, there's, a, there's no issues on that front. Interesting. Well, Brookwood, they defeated South Gwinnett 29-28, very close game. Uh, Dan Hernandez had the game-winning field goal uh, in that contest. He had a very active day, though. I, look, I was looking at the statistics. He had a the game-winning field goal, had a fake punt run, and several touchbacks on kickoffs. So it was a very active night for Mr. Hernandez, or Le, Le Hernandez. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, Dan had a huge night. It was one of the things that I talked to Philip Jones this week, and he was – he was so proud of his kicker. It's very rarely you see uh, when we list our honor roll every week that the the kicker has the uh, the biggest stat line. But he, he did a little bit of everything that game. Just uh, like you said, a game-winning field goal. He's an excellent punter. He had a couple of nice punts that were important. Uh, made all three of his field goals at the fake punt run, and almost all of his kickoffs were for touch, touchbacks. The one that wasn't for a touchback, he actually made the tackle on uh-huh. on a little pooch kick. So uh, just. Uh, Unbelievable game for him. It's a definitely a highlight type type game, and Brookwood needed all those points to uh, to come back against uh, South Gwinnett. Brookwood was shorthanded, and South Gwinnett played very very well and almost pulled off the big win there. Yeah, and then talk, we'll go to South Gwinnett transition. They're facing Newton. Another, I guess it's a playoff elimination game. Is South Gwinnett if they win that, will they can find their way into the postseason, or what? What's the mathematics on that one? Yeah, South Grant needs to, needs to win this one to get in. It's going to be a, a tough game. Newton's been playing well. Uh, yeah. Played played some good good teams down there, but South Gwinnett has played well. Also, there's a lot to play for. Uh, it, it'd feel a lot better if the game was at South Gwinnett. Newton's one of those tough places to play down there, and uh, for a variety of reasons. And uh, but hopefully the Comets can get a win down there and, uh, and cap the regular season the right way. We know a team that will be in the playoffs is Collins Hill. The Eagles won their first region title since 2013, defeating Mill Creek. Uh, last week, twenty-eight to seventeen. Uh, we'll get the, their next contest in, in a bit, but uh, actually, they don't know they're off this week. Uh, but I wanted to highlight them because that was a, a big accomplishment. And not only did they get their first region title, your offensive player of the week came from this contest as well. Yeah, really, really Travis Hunter was the, the difference in the game. He's, he's a top ten junior in the country, and, uh, and Mill Creek just didn't have an answer for him in the first half. He had uh, three touchdowns and almost two hundred yards receiving in the first half. And, and that kind of built the lead that Mill Creek was, wasn't able to overcome. Uh, Mill Creek kept fighting back, and, and had they not missed a field goal in the second half, a short field goal, it would have been a one-score game uh, to make things a little more interesting down the stretch. But, uh, but really that first half uh, just kind of overwhelmed Mill Creek with what Hunter was able to do. 
Uh, Sam Horn ended up throwing for 340 yards, but but more than 200 of those were to uh, to Travis Hunter, and he's just a, a guy that's very difficult to cover. They do a lot of different things with him to get him the ball, and uh, just a game breaker. Uh, and had three the, three of the touchdowns there in the first half to just kind of uh, build an up uh, a lead that Mill Creek was unable to overcome. Mill Creek's uh, not the most explosive offensive team, but uh, and getting behind, they just weren't able to do it. And Collinsville give credit to that defense too. That's a, that's a pretty good defense they got over there. I really like their defensive front, and they were able to hold the lead. And like you said, a breakthrough region championship, first time since 2013, and, and the first time they beat Mill Creek since 2013. Yeah, big night for the Mill Creek. They get back at it against Peachtree Ridge. Speaking of Peachtree Ridge, they are finally in the playoffs. They they break a little bit of a drought there as well. They defeated Mountain View 36-35. to uh, But talk about Peachtree Ridge. They're finally in the playoffs after uh, missing it the past few years. Yeah, what, what a gutsy effort by Peachtree Ridge. I mean, they, they were dead in the water there against Mountain View, down by 22 points uh, late in that game, and uh, just kept storming back. Uh, just uh, closed the game on a phenomenal run, uh, never gave up. And, and, and yeah, kudos to uh, to Coach Stansel for getting that team back in the playoffs. He's been building towards this and uh, had the guts to go for a two-point conversion there at the end to, to beat Mountain View and to, to clinch that playoff berth. So it's super exciting for Peachtree Ridge. and. Uh, and now they also have something to play for in the 10th game uh, as well. Peachtree Ridge and Mill Creek will be playing each other for the, the three seed in that region. Uh, so a lot lot for both of these teams to play for. Yep, definitely. And then uh, Mountain View faces North Gwinnett, wrapping up play in Class 7-8, Region 8. Uh, what do you expect to see in this contest? I think for Mountain View, it's just trying to, to get some good momentum going into the off season. They've, uh, they've had a, a tough schedule, and uh, and it doesn't get any easier here with North Gwinnett. Uh, North, for North Gwinnett, I think it's more about just uh, – they're coming off a of bye week, so they're trying to get the momentum going again in the playoffs and uh, make sure things get rolling. Uh, it's a team that's got the talent to do a lot in the playoffs. It's uh, just a matter of uh, getting things going, I think, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, finding some consistency there. The defense is going to keep them in games most weeks. So just got to get that offense rolling uh, at full speed uh, when the playoffs come. Yeah, let's uh, talk about Greater Atlanta, Christian. We, we talked about a little bit earlier there in a Class 3A Region 5. I guess they're now the region champions. Uh, there were some things that happened over the past week uh, since we recorded the show. How are they now? How are they now champions? And uh, what's been the, the ripple effect of uh, this situation? Yeah, it was an interesting scenario with, uh, with Cedar Grove having to forfeit uh, three wins early in the season. One of those wins was over GAC, uh, so that that kind of. Uh, Made GAC unbeaten in the region again, and uh, it gave them a chance to clinch the region title, which they did last week. They beat Carver Atlanta. Uh, it kept GAC's region title streak alive. I believe that's seven in a row for GAC, and uh, they won uh, uh, something ridiculous, some 40-something region games in a row, and uh, uh, that, that streak's kind of uh, been revived uh, by a forfeit. They, they thought they lost their region-winning streak, but now it's come back thanks to a forfeit. Uh, they played uh, – they played Thursday night this week uh, against Redan in, in a game that just kind of capped the reg- regular season and capped the region, but uh, it didn't mean anything in the region standings. Uh, GAC is already the champion. It's already a number one seed in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. anything they have coming in the playoffs, they'll have a number one seed and, and a home game for as many, many rounds as they can go. Yeah, that was just a very interesting development over this past week. All right, let's wrap up our preview slash recap in Class A Region 5. Wesleyan, the Wolves face Mount Vernon Presbyterian, is for the region title. Now, the Wolves are still undefeated in region play. Very close effort against Holy Innocence, close game, defeating them 20-13. to So let's look at Wesleyan. Uh, they're still undefeated, as I said, in the region and got through a very game Holy Innocent squad to set up this contest. 
Yeah, it was a great win. I mean, obviously, because, because they knew it was at stake. If they win that game, they get a chance to play for a region championship in, in the final game, and uh, that's exactly what they did. They took care of business. Uh, had, had a very tough game. Griffin Caldwell had a huge run there late in the game to, to give them the win. And uh, This is a Wesleyan team that's experienced a lot of victories in the past. Obviously, they made a run to the state championship game last, last year, so that's a team with a lot of experience. But it's been a long time for these Wolves since they won a state championship or a region championship back in 2009. So to get a chance to play for one against a very good team this weekend, Mount Vernon, hopefully Wesleyan can play their best and, and get a win here. It'd be nice to see them get back on top of the region. They've been in some really, really difficult regions uh, over the years since 2009. So uh, for them to win this region would be uh, quite the accomplishment, too, because Mount Vernon's playing some pretty good football. Yeah, the Mustangs are a very good team out of Atlanta. Uh, Hebron Christian, they faced Holy Innocence, the Golden Bears. Now, Hebron, I think, needs to keep the win to stay in the playoff contention, but they did get a win last week over Providence Christian, 48-21 uh, to 21 in a kind of neighborhood battle. Uh, they had a very big effort from their quarterback. So what do you think of Hebron uh, heading into this contest against Holy Innocence? Yeah, Hebron's starting to play its best late in the season. I think they, they gave a pretty good Wesleyan team a run there, uh, played them very, very close, and then uh, took care of business. This one was pretty much over by halftime. So a lot of the a lot of the Hebron backups got to play in the second half, and uh, that was good to see. And I think I think they're playing well at the right time. Holy Innocence is going to be a test, but – uh, I think Hebron has a team that can that win this game and uh, and take some momentum into the playoffs. Yeah, and then uh, Colton, their quarterback, had six total touchdowns, I think. So he really had a big effort against Providence Christian. Speaking of Providence Christian, they uh, wrap up their play against Lakeview Academy in a non-region contest. So Providence looking to end the season on a positive note. Yeah, it's, it's a game that obviously doesn't mean anything to the, to the playoffs, but, uh, but for Providence it would be a great way to go out. They've... Uh, it's been an, an interesting season for a first-year coach with COVID and everything going on and trying to build a program uh, at, at Providence that hasn't experienced any success in the past. So Coach Beverly's done a good job over there. I think to, to win this final game would be a nice reward and a, a nice boost into the offseason if they could somehow beat uh, Lakeview in the finale here. Uh, kind of show that what they've been doing is, is for, a, for a good cause and uh, kind of give them a really nice boost going into the offseason. We're going to take one final break, and when we return, we'll look at the local college football slate and our NFL spotlight is on a former wolf doing big things in Beantown here on the Gwinnett Daily Post Football Friday Podcast. Stick around. Hey, guys, it's Amanda Lee, your local host and Gwinnett native. 2020 has been a different year for sure, but if the time has come for you and your family to buy, sell, or rent a new home, Peggy Slappy Properties is here to help. Peggy and her team have been in Gwinnett and surrounding areas for 38 years now, helping folks just like you and me. Peggy and her team are a little different. Her team of 35-plus realtors realize that fostering strong relationships within the community is the key to their business. Peggy's team of professionals can work with you regardless of circumstance. Residential homes, new homes, rentals, with listings all over the county. In today's climate, you hear a lot of noise from others on how they can help you. The difference is, at Peggy Slappy Properties, they're buying and selling for neighbors, family, and friends. Don't you believe you'll get the most value from a team that knows the lay of the land? Visit Peggy Slappy Properties online at psponline.com or give them a call 24-7 at 770-271-5555. Peggy delivers the very best in Gwinnett and Georgia real estate because you deserve no less. Engineer Solutions of Georgia. Hey Atlanta, this is-
This is Jay and Lewis, owners of Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Lewis, what should a homeowner do if they have a crack in their block wall, corner of their door, window, or concrete foundation? Well, Jay, if it's a diagonal crack, this lets us know that they should be concerned and there could be a serious problem. Then they should call our office at 678-ESOG-NOW and set up an appointment to have one of our qualified professional technicians come out to their property to take a look at the problem. I'm consumer investigator Dale Cardwell. I've done the research already, so you don't have to. You can trust Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Give Engineered Solutions of Georgia a call at 678-ESOG-NOW. Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Welcome back to the Lynette Daily Post Football Friday podcast. All right, well, let's look at the college football slate, which has been really a uh, an adjustment for everyone involved. But as we record this show, we do have some local contests. Uh, Georgia, they're going to return to action at home against Mississippi State. So after that Florida loss, they had their contest uh, canceled or postponed, I guess, against Missouri. So the Bulldogs will finally get to get back on the field and face the Bulldogs from Mississippi State. So uh, thoughts on this contest to see Georgia finally back out there. Yeah, but Mississippi State was dealing with the COVID issues too. So yeah. it's been a long time for these teams since they played a football game. And that, that's kind of the theme of this one. I think both, are, uh, both of them are eager to get back on the football field. It doesn't look like either is going to be a, an SEC championship game type team. Uh, Georgia's lost to Florida, kind of put them in, behind the eight ball on that. But uh, definitely both these teams want to get a win, kind of build some late season momentum and, uh, and hopefully get to a good ball game. Uh, it's, it's very important for both these teams. And but, but I think, like I said, the big, biggest thing is that they're just excited to play football again after having a having a COVID break where uh, that took games away. Definitely. And then Georgia State they visit South Alabama. And uh, if Georgia State can win this contest and then next week against Georgia Southern, uh, they'll have a winning record, which all things considered would be a pretty good situation for the Panthers. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to play for there for the Panthers, mm-hmm. uh, like you said. And I think that they, they they were pretty impressive last week. They played a very close game at Appalachian State. So uh, losing that close game up there, uh, I know they wanted to win that one, but definitely showed a lot uh, that they were able to play that well. And uh, I think there's a lot to play for, a lot to look forward to the rest of the season for the Panthers. Yeah, and then Georgia Tech, unfortunately, had their game their game postponed or canceled uh, once again. I think they're supposed to play Miami this week, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. But they've already had – uh, several contests postponed, uh, so just a tough go for the Yellow Jackets. But when they get back on the field, uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing them. Any other college standouts from this past week that did well for representing the Gwinnett County? Yeah, guy, guy I've been keeping my eye on up at uh, Indiana is Miles Marshall. Indiana is, of course, having kind of a, the breakout te- team there into the top ten now, uh, undefeated, uh, and really they're tearing up the Big Ten. Had a big win over Michigan State last week, 24 nothing, and then Miles Marshall, a wide receiver from Parkview, he's been a big-time player the last couple seasons for the Hoosiers, and uh, he had another big game, almost 50 yards and four catches on the win over uh, Michigan State. So, look for him to continue to be a big, big part of that team as they have uh, high hopes for the rest of the season. How does he end? No, Indiana, and they're very good job by them. They've, they've been the story, I think, of uh, college football. One of the big stories of college football, but. How does he go from Parkview to Bloomington, Indiana? Uh, that's just a unique path. Uh, did, did remember anything from the recruiting process, or uh, what was the appeal uh, for him to head up there? Do you remember anything from him committing to there? Well, a lot, a lot of Big Ten teams come down to the South to recruit, and they've sure. kind of made Metro Atlanta uh, a spot where they recruit. Uh, there's actually another Gwinnett guy on in Indiana, Jalen Mayala. He's a freshman from uh, 
from Archer that they signed this past cycle. And, uh, and even in that game last week against Michigan State, Michigan State's uh, top running back is Connor Hayward from uh, from Peachtree Ridge here in Gwinnett. So mm-hmm. the Big Ten schools, uh, I think they like the, the talent, the speed down in the down in the South. So they'll try and grab some prospects down here, and uh, and certainly not, not going to recruit everywhere in the South. But Metro Atlanta is a, a place where they can uh, get to a lot of players on a on one vi- one visit down here. They can hit a lot of schools in Metro Atlanta on one trip. So I think they made the Gwinnett and Metro Atlanta kind of one of their primary recruiting grounds when they do come to the South. Well, all the schools want to recruit there, but I was watching uh, several games from the Midwest this past week, and I saw snow and uh, hard rain. <laughs> and, yeah. it's, and it's like, you no, know, and it is that time of year. It is November. It should be like that. It's a little bit different for us here in Metro Atlanta, but that, that's much, that's a very good job by those schools to get some talented guys uh, from Georgia to come up there. And let's focus on NFL Spotlight. Uh, we're going to focus on a guy who is. Uh, dealt with injuries on and off the on and off the field, and has found his way back into uh, to uh, a major franchise. So let's highlight uh, your NFL spotlight guy. Yeah, David Andrews. We, we talked about Wesleyan earlier. He's yeah. got the, kind of the the most accomplished Wesleyan football player ever. He's uh, already Super Bowl champion with the Patriots. He, he started since early in his career. Uh, played with Tom Brady all those years as his center, and uh, unfortunately missed last season. Uh, had blood clots in his lungs, which is a not only a scary thing football-wise, but a scary thing life-wise. You don't, uh, it's not mm-hmm. something you want to mess with. Uh, so I had to get that cleared up before he could uh, do anything uh, physical or any kind of football, obviously. And uh, it's like once I got that cleared up last last year, he's he's healthy again. He's excited to be playing football. And uh, and I think that that Patriots team he's on is going to start surging. Uh, we got to see him play on uh, on Sunday night football. Uh, the Patriots played another sloppy game against the Ravens with the, the weather up there. And uh, and I know that's the kind of game the offensive linemen like and. And the Patriots really ran the ball well, and that, that was, uh, you know, as an offensive lineman, David Andrews enjoyed that up at center. He kind of played a big role in the, opening those holes up and uh, and playing that sloppy football game. But continues just to be a big part of that Patriots offensive line. He's, he's a team captain, a big time leader for New England, and guy that's carved out a heck of a football career after uh, playing in college at Georgia. Yeah, he played at Georgia, and I believe he was undrafted. Correct. Yeah, that was, yeah. was kind of a, a huge deal and just uh, immediately made an impact. I think a lot of people were surprised that he went undrafted, but it seems like those are the kind of guys the Patriots always, always get and, uh, and turn them into something something big time. They find those steals that people overlook. And I remember he won that Super Bowl in Atlanta. That that Super Bowl he won was when they played the Rams at uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium a few years ago. So that was a, a very big moment for him and I'm sure all of the uh, Wesleyan family. So that was a good time. Yeah, he he, uh, he won one over the Falcons as well, which is uh, I know he's uh, his uncle is Dan oh, Reeves, yes. the former Falcons coach. So he, getting a Super Bowl win over the Falcons was pretty satisfying too, even though uh, he had been a Falcons fan uh, for a lot of his life. Uh, it was very special to to get that Super Bowl win over the Falcons. Thank you for listening to the Gwinnett Daily Post Football Friday podcast, your hyper-local news on the run. Thank you to Will for joining us, as well as our sponsors. Grab a copy of today's paper and visit GwinnettDailyPost.com for complete details on the stories we've discussed, plus more stories that affect you and residents of Gwinnett County. Subscribe and share this podcast to get all of the latest updates. And if you have a comment or question, we'd love to hear it. Just call the podcast comment line at 404 404- Nine nine seven eight six five five. We might even share your comment on an upcoming show. The Gwinnett Daily Post podcast is produced by BG Ad Group. Marcel Purdue producer, Jacob Sutherland director. Copyright two thousand and twenty. All rights reserved.